I pray the Lord today will bless you and minister his word to you and anoint your life in Jesus' mighty name. And thank you again for being my wonderful family and wonderful partners. And I thank the Lord for you. Today I continue teaching on reversing and breaking the curse. So I began yesterday and I just believe the Lord's going to use this to really bring freedom to a lot of people. Dear Jesus, I pray you will use your word today in a beautiful way, Lord, to reveal the truth of liberty in you, total liberty in you. I give you the praise. Amen. Isaiah 5, verse 13 to begin with. And I said yesterday something that I want to repeat because it's so important. Liberty is a process. Reversing the curse is a process. Breaking the curse is a process. Yes, it's true. He that is in Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away. Absolutely. But we have to understand we go from glory to glory. God works with us line upon line, precept upon precept. Nothing in the Christian life is going to happen in a second. Nothing. We were saved, but our salvation continues and continues because it says work out. Work out means it's a process. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And, and, and then until that perfect day when we grow into the full stature of the Lord. So it's a process. Deliverance is a process. Absolutely. So it says my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. So the problem is we have to understand the power of the word of God. And we all know Hosea 4, 6, that God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So knowledge, the knowledge of God's word is so powerful. And yesterday I showed you how bondage begins. It begins with when people regress, they go into uh, earlier behavior and patterns. Then they repress, no more thanksgiving, no more saying thank you, Lord, and I love you, Lord. Then they go into suppression, where they conceal their past experience with God. Then number four, into depression, where they lose hope. Number five, into oppression, where now they're overpowered by the enemy. And then into obsession, they're besieged by evil spirits. Then into possession. But all this is reversible. So no curse comes without a cause. Uh, Proverbs 26.2 talks about that. I gave you that yesterday. But now, let me show you, because we need to talk about now reversing it. Okay, so in... Second Kings, let's look at Second Kings, all of us. Second Kings, and I want to read chapter 3, okay? And we're going, to we're going to look at verse 1, and it talks about Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and like his mother, for he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he cleaved unto the sins of 
Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. He departed not from that. So here, here, here we see Ahab has a son. His son is called Yehoram. And Yehoram, who is the son of Jezebel, is under a curse, is under bondage because of his mom and dad. In 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, we have another piece of information that I think is important to look at. And so it says in verse 16, in the fifth year of Yoram, this is the same one at that time called Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, Jehoshaphat being then king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, began to reign. 32 years old was he when he began to reign. He reigned eight years in Jerusalem, and he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, as did the house of Ahab, because his wife was the daughter of Ahab, for the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. So here, here we see a son of a righteous man who was blessed by God coming under the curse of Ahab because he married his daughter. So you see how the curse moves from one family to another through marriage. So, Yehoram is cursed because of Ahab and Jezebel, his mom and dad. Now, we find that Jehoshaphat has a son. And that son, in verse 16, is the son of a righteous man who is blessed. So it says, in the fifth year of Jehoram, the son of Ahab, Jehoshaphat now is the king of Judah. His son, also called Jehoram, marries the daughter of Ahab, and the curse comes on him. All right. So a curse continues through marriage, but something happens in verse 25. In verse 25, we see the, the curse continuing on a man called Ahaziah. In the 12th year of Jehoram, here called Joram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, did Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, begin to reign? Okay, so Jehoram, son of Ahab and Jezebel, is cursed. Jehoram, son of Jehoshaphat, is cursed because he married the daughter of Ahab. And now he has a son. So Jehoshaphat's grandson named Ahaziah. So in the 12th year of Yoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, did Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, begin to reign. 220 years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign. He reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Atalia, the daughter of Omri, king of Israel. So now his son, the grandson of Jehoshaphat, the righteous king, is now still under the curse, it says, and he walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did evil in the sight of the Lord, as did the house of Ahab, for he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. Now, here we, we find 
that this Hazaya, his mother, is a wicked woman named Atalia. But now something begins to change. And this is what we want to look at. In 2 Kings 11 now, in 2 Kings 11, beginning at verse 1, 2, and 3, and it says, Atalia, the mother of Hazaiah, because her son was dead, saw her son was dead, she arose, destroyed all the seed royal. So think about a curse passing from Ahab through his daughter to Yehoram, Ahaziah. Now Ahaziah is dead. His mother takes over the kingdom of Judah. A kingdom ruled by a righteous man, Jehoshaphat, is now ruled by a woman named Atalia. And the curse came from who? It came from Ahab and Jezebel, king and queen of Israel. But it says, but Jehosheba, the daughter of King Yoram, the sister of Hazaiah, took Joash the son of Hazaiah and stole him from among the king's sons which were slain. They hid him, even him and his nurse in the and I keep following and in the bedchamber from Atalia. And he was hid in the house of the Lord six years. Atalia did reign over the land, but in the seventh year Jehoiada. Ah, now who is Jehoiada? Jehoiada is the husband of, of the daughter. Because this daughter here says, when Atalia, the mother of Ahaziah, saw her son was dead, she killed the seed royal. But Jehosheba, the daughter of King Yoram. Now, this King Yoram, who is the son of Jehoshaphat, had another wife. That wife did not come from Ahab's line. That wife came from a righteous line, and she married, by the way, so his, she was his stepsister. She married a priest named Jehoiada, who was blessed. Watch how the thing broke. <laughs> it's powerful. So now, here is the sister of a cursed king who is dead. Her, his mother, not her mother, Atalia was his mother, Haziah, not her mother, because she came from a different mother who was righteous, marries a priest. She, she hid her brother to protect him, who also came from the right seed, from the right seed. And now what happened? She broke the curse. Why? Because she married into the land of the righteous. Because the word of God now began coming in. In the seventh year of Jehoiada, he sent and fetched the rulers over the hundreds with the captains and the guards and brought them to him into the house of the Lord and made a covenant with them, took an oath of them the house of the Lord and showed them the king's son. So now we see everything changing. And in 2 Kings 12, 2, it says in the seventh year of Jehu, Jehoash began to reign, and 40 years reigned in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zibiah of Beersheba, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. So here, here, here we see the curse was broken. How? Because Jehoiada gave him the Bible. Jehoiada the priest began to pour the word into that little boy who came from a cursed line. 
And now righteousness got into his heart and the curse began to be broken. And now later we, we see that this Joash, Jehoash is his name, began to rebuild and uh, repair, I should say, the temple of the Lord. And later he ruled for many years righteously over Judah and the whole land was saved from Atalia who brought the curse. Now, the curse was broken when the word of God returned. And the curse begins with, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people have gone into captivity because of no knowledge, Isaiah. Hosea, they're destroyed, but now they're restoration. So no matter what happens, whether someone gets into possession, like, you know, Atali, who was possessed by demons, yet her seed broke the curse. So those demons did, did, did not continue from Ahab and Jezebel's line. They broke because of Jehoiada and his wife, Righteous people bringing the word of God back into a little boy who could have been cursed from that same line of, of Ahab and Jezebel was now blessed. The curse was broken. And the curse is broken when you and I do exactly the same thing. Bring the word back into our lives or into our homes or into our children. The curse will break, I promise you. So. You can break the curse of a forefather by filling your life richly with God's word. Paul says, let the word of God dwell within you richly in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your hearts unto the Lord as a result of the word. And that word in your life will begin to destroy what Satan has put in there. The strongholds begin to fall apart. The Bible says in Psalm 17, verse 4, concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the pass of the destroyer. The word of God is the key, precious people of God. The word of God is the key to bringing righteousness back, bringing restoration back, bringing the peace of God back, where iniquity will not have domain anymore over someone's life. In Psalm 119, verse 1, it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, walking is a process. So we walk in the word. We walk what the word says. It's a process. But then it says, blessed are they that keep his what? Testimonies. That seek him with the whole heart. Look at the, at the results now. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Walking in the Lord's ways is walking in freedom. But what started it? They have the law of God in their life. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord that keep his word in their heart, that seek him with their whole heart as a result of the word of God being in their heart.
And now they do no iniquity, verse 3. They walk in his ways. The Lord's ways are liberty. And so once you and I bring the word of God back into our life and liberty returns, now we must do what Ephesians 6 says to us to keep that liberty. So we break it now. Not only have we reversed it through the word, now we break it. How do we break it? That it'll never come back. Ephesians 6 verse 10 is where it's totally broken because it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the part of his might means it is broken. But now we have to keep that bondage away from our lives by put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand because somebody in bondage cannot stand. Stand against the wiles or schemes or traps of the enemy, the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How amazing. The devil copies the church in the five offices. Remember, we have apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Here, here we see even Satan's kingdom has five divisions because it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the demonic. That's spirit demons. Against principalities, that's chief rulers of the highest form. Powers or sergeants who operate under them. Then rulers of the darkness of this world, people on earth who are used by the devils. And then spiritual wickedness in high places, another force in the heavenly. Five divisions. So it says, now we can defeat them and stand against them because we have the armor on us. What is the armor? It says, take unto you the whole armor of God, verse 13, that you may be able to with it stand in the evil day even, so that not just today, but tomorrow you'll survive. Having done all to stand, now stand. Having your loins, this is the first key. Having your loins, meaning your mind, because the Bible says, gird the loins of your mind. Having the loins of your mind girt about with truth. So the first thing you do after you reverse the curse through the word is now fill your mind with the word. Keep it there. And then let the word affect your heart. It says, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And that happens through meditation. And now let the word affect your walk and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And now let the word also affect your faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Your actions. So it fills your mind, it fills your heart, it fills your walk, and now it fills your actions. Let the word of God, above all, take in the shield of faith, that's action. Wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And finally, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. And now we go to war with the word of God. And finally, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Now, here we have seven keys to the word. 
Number one, and I want to go through them again so you don't forget them. Number one, it fills your mind. Number two, your heart. Number three, your walk. Number four, your actions. And then number five, it says, and take the helmet of salvation. What, what, what is the helmet of salvation? Is it what I, what I know I'm saved? No. The helmet of salvation is I keep myself in the faith and not walk away from the Lord. I will not look at the world ever again. I will not go back to my old ways again. I live in repentance and I live in brokenness before the Lord. The helmet of salvation means you stay in the faith, not walk into apostasy, not walk away from the faith. And that is what will keep you walking with the Lord because your mind is full of the word, your heart is full of the word, your walk is full of the word, your actions are full of the word. Now your whole life is full of the word and you don't walk away from, from the Lord. And now it says the sword of the spirit, meaning I can fight now with my confession, with my words. So the word fills my mind, the word fills my heart. Hallelujah. <laughs> the word now also fills not just my mind and not only my heart. I love it. But now it fills my walk. It fills my actions. It fills my life and it fills my confession. I speak what is in my heart. And the final key, the seventh, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit praying with all in the spirit. So now my prayer becomes in the spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. He is the one praying through me. That's the seventh key that will keep my life completely free from the curse. So the Bible, producing fellowship with God in the spirit. That is the key, people. Sweet saint of God, there are no shortcuts. There, there's no shortcuts. I'm giving you what I've experienced in my life. This is God's word. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So now the dominion becomes ours. And Jesus said it in Luke 10. When he says, I give unto you power over all the power of the enemy, Nothing can touch you, nothing can, can harm you, but the key is walk in liberty, walk in blessings. So just because the Lord says, I give unto you power, doesn't mean you're gonna have it. It means when you use the word, when you live the right life, when you put on the whole armor, you'll have it. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, over all the part of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you, but how, Lord? Through the word. Psalm 17.4, through your word. I've, I've freed my life from the destroyer, Lord. The destroyer cannot have me because of your word. So we cannot take just one verse out of the Bible and say, well, you know, just, just, just because Jesus said, I give unto you power, now I have it. No, only through his word. And the Lord made that very clear because we have to take the whole word of God to see the whole message. I love it. Okay. 
Lord, I give you the praise, the glory, the honor. Ah. First Peter 5, verse 8 and 9, I'm going to close with and pray for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. That's what the word. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are, that are in the world. And we have to what? Submit to God, and then we can resist the devil, James 4, 7. So clear, isn't it? The word of God, saints, that is the only thing we have. We have nothing more than the word of God that will have to that fills our hearts and minds, and we have to live in it day and night. Even though you know it, I gotta read it. And I'm sure everybody here has read the psalm, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, and this is the key, we have to delight in the law of the Lord. And in his law, we meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted, no bondage here, no curse here, by the rivers of water, the Holy Spirit's power that brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf also will not wither, whatsoever he doeth will prosper. But the ungodly are not so who refuse the word. They are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, the way of the ungodly shall perish. One prayer I always pray, Lord, count me among the righteous, and on that day I'll stand among the righteous. Like David said, don't give me over to the will of the enemy, Lord. Let me pray with you, Father, let them walk in freedom, let them walk in you, and Lord, I pray that through your word, the curse, if it's there, will be reversed, and then broken completely, and they'll walk in liberty as, the, as your precious word fills them completely, just like Ephesians 6 says, Lord. I pray that as they cooperate with you and walk with you, they'll bring liberty to their families, liberty to their sons and daughters and grandchildren, liberty to all those around them, an umbrella of grace will rest upon them and their whole house in the name of Jesus. The future will be blessed with light and your glory. In the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about removing Ehan. I'm calling it to remove Ehan. Remember Ehan in, in Joshua? I want to I wanna teach tomorrow on something so important because the devil, you know, likes to bring things back into our homes to bring bondage with it, like images and other things that people sometimes aren't even aware of. It's very important that you join me tomorrow because this is something not only biblical, but something I've learned over many years of experience and what we have to do to stay free in our homes in our homes. And I mean like where you live, where you are, because there's a lot of demonic influence today in the world. 
that's trying to creep into our homes through television or movies or books or other things or magazines that brings devils in. And I don't want to have you ever fight this. I want you living in liberty in your homes, not only in your life, but also in your habitations. So join me tomorrow, very important teaching. All right, now it's time to give to the Lord's work. And the information is on the screen for you. You can sow your seed to Benin Ministries, or you can go to our website, benin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. And like Paul said, you know, if I'm giving you spiritual things, it's the right thing for you to give to the Lord your money, which he calls our carnal things. Because not only is giving uh, the seed that protects us from future harm, but the seed is also as as response to the giving of the word of God, that we, people like me, can continue coming to you. You know, where would we be without the Bible? Where would we be without the teaching of God's word? Where would we be without being strengthened in the faith? And I've been with you now since March of 2020, and I'll be with you daily till God takes me home. I've decided to do that, that I'm not gonna stop teaching. I will not stop teaching. This is not gonna end. Even though I'm traveling a little more, it doesn't matter, I'm gonna keep coming to you. So let's keep doing it. Let's keep blessing people. And we're adding now things on TV by the way, not just uh, on social media. These dailies, we're adding them now, we're, we're putting them on television. Believe it or not, they've got them free now, running free in Scandinavia, in Italy, in other parts of, of the world, and others are asking for them, but in some cases we have to pay, in some cases we're not paying anything. It's blessing millions around the world already. These dailies are already on TV. We have a staff member named Hope Simmons who's handling all this for us. She edits everything and puts all the TV in for we need, and dear, dear Chad is working with her, it's been wonderful. And now we're going back on God TV with the teachings. So this is going to reach all of India and much more on, on TV. So thank the Lord for his mercy. All right, so you can sow in confidence and give so the gospel and God's word can go to the world. Much love to all of you. I'll see you tomorrow for a great teaching, getting a, a hand out of the way. <laughs> okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.